calling all coffee lovers. Every wellpreneur, mom, college student, employee, business owner knows the importance of starting your day off right. But how would it be to add some mushrooms to that coffee? Four Sigmatic Lion's Mane Mushroom Coffee, that is, with its rich, smooth flavor and ground lion's mane mushroom, which has been shown to boost cognition and reduce inflammation, it is my go-to cup of coffee for starting my day off right. Four Sigmatic Lion's Mane Mushroom is the perfect pairing of health and caffeine. Mushroom in your coffee? I'll take it for the added benefits of mental clarity and the smooth, delicious flavor. Try it for yourself. Use code BEWELL for 10% off your purchase at us.foursigmatic.com. Again, that's BEWELL at us.foursigmatic.com. Living, learning, and loving are all experiences that affect each one of us at one time or another. The three L's hosted by myself, Rachel Ann Dine, licensed professional counselor, is here to help you navigate life in a down-to-earth and realistic way, one podcast episode at a time. Be well and live, learn, and love to the fullest. Welcome back to the three L's podcast guys. I'm so happy that you are back here with me today and I'm talking about something that is very important to me. Uh, we see it all the time, but sometimes it's anxiety's little step cousin, if you will. Um, (laughs) the member of the family that doesn't always get invited to the party because it's something that's not always talked about. And today we're going fully into what high-functioning anxiety is. So let me preface this. In many ways, generalized anxiety disorder is the almost prevailing diagnosis because right now that's the only diagnosis that the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual offers when it comes to having anxiety. But high-functioning anxiety is also a different thread of GAD, generalized anxiety disorder. And so I want to talk a little bit about what high functioning anxiety looks like, some of the sometimes positive adaptive traits of such, the negative characteristics of it, some challenges, and then when it's time for you to seek help and guidance. So high functioning anxiety, like we've already said, is not characterized in the DSM. So it's not a recognized mental health diagnosis, yet it is, I believe, one that should be because it's a little different from generalized anxiety disorder in that from many outsets, high-functioning anxiety is often celebrated in our world. And I'm going to explain a little bit more about what I mean with that. But according to just to give you some context, according to the National Institute of Mental Health, NIMH, around 19% of adults in the U.S. have an anxiety disorder. To me, that's not surprising. Uh, What I am surprised about is that that number isn't higher because as long as we are living on this earth, I think anxiety disorders are going to prevail. They're going to live on because it is an anxiety-inducing world. 
However, some people may consider themselves to be more of a high functioner. You may recognize, okay, I do feel anxious, but there is almost that underlying drive that prevents the anxiety from being paralyzing. I guess the thing that's interesting to me about high-functioning anxiety is that there's almost this whole other pathology, if you will, behind it when it comes to the negative traits of such, which we will talk about. I am grabbing a lot of my information today from verywellmind.com. They have a beautiful article called What is High-Functioning Anxiety that outlines the traits, the positive traits, the negative traits, all the above. Um, and I just loved it. So I want to share with you from that, but that is a great reference point for you if you want to go take a peek. Very well, mind.com. So when it comes to high functioning anxiety, a lot of times people who present with high functioning anxiety, you would never even guess that they're anxious. So they have this persona, this presentation of being very put together. They may excel at work and in personal life. They may seem like they have great boundaries. They may seem very assertive, calm, have the typical type A personality. So super organized, a planner, all that good stuff. But under the surface, high-functioning anxiety almost reminds me of the duck paddling. He looks so calm and serene going across the beautiful lake. But on the bottom, his little flappers, I'm sorry, I don't know what a duck's feet are called. Um, They are paddling furiously, just trying to maintain. So that to me is the perfect depiction of high-functioning anxiety. From the outside, a person looks super together, super on point, but internally, they're kind of just furiously paddling, um, always trying to achieve something, and it can become quite a lot. So here are some of the, just getting a little bit more deeply into this, here are some positive characteristics and even potential benefits of what high-functioning anxiety can look like. So As we've already said, on the surface, high-functioning anxiety can appear, um, people with high-functioning anxiety can appear very successful, very put together. Um, And a lot of times, people with high-functioning anxiety are often outgoing. They're happy. They tell jokes. They're smiling, laughing. They're punctual. So they arrive early for appointments or early to work. They're proactive. They go ahead and plan ahead for all the possibilities, which if we take a look at that, that can also be that trademark anxiety. So when you have generalized anxiety disorder, you're almost having those excessive worries about things that haven't even happened yet. Well, the difference here is that with high-functioning anxiety, those worries are channeled into proactivity. So instead of letting that anxiety paralyze them, they're already thinking um, what A, B, C, and D could potentially look like, and they're being proactive surrounding it, planning ahead. So in a lot of ways, it's very adaptive. So in addition to the outgoing personality, punctuality, proactive living, High-functioning anxiety often looks organized, so that's that list-making, that's keeping the calendars, high-achieving, detail-oriented, orderly and tidy, active, helpful, appears outwardly calm and collected, passionate, loyal in relationships. So 
at the outset, all of those traits are really beautiful traits of being a human. Um, And so that's why high-functioning anxiety, I refer to it as GAD's little step cousin who doesn't get a whole lot of attention because people with high functioning anxiety can often fly really closely under the radar. They're not being sought out or seen as an individual who has that traditional generalized anxiety disorder. Instead, they're being celebrated for how busy they are, for all of the accomplishments that they're making, that achievement. But what can sometimes happen, and we're about to hop into this even deeper, but what can sometimes happen is that the high-functioning anxiety individual can really start to struggle to keep up. They almost create this life of being so detail-oriented, so high-achieving, so organized, and so proactive that it becomes unsustainable. And that's when stress ensues, depression, and true generalized anxiety disorder. So just like with anything, too much of a good thing can definitely be a bad thing. And that's the same with these positive traits, the quote unquote positive traits of high functioning anxiety. So let's talk about it on the flip side. So oftentimes in the case of high functioning anxiety, The struggle lies beneath the surface and beneath that veil of success is that your true self may come out. So the anxiety you feel about your success inevitably will come out at some point. So sometimes when it comes to being someone with high-functioning anxiety, these little traits that I'm about to go over can be considered as just a part of your personality. That's just you being cute. So maybe you're the ultimate planner and you're planning out six months in advance and your family, instead of thinking, is this driven by anxiety? They're thinking, oh, that's that's just who she is. She's going to manage it. She's going to hold on to everything. So other, So that's the interesting piece of it. The other characteristics of high-functioning anxiety are really internal, and they may never be noticed by others, and certainly the person who has high-functioning anxiety may never confide in anyone about how they really feel. So some of these flip-side traits to high-functioning anxiety that someone may experience include being a people pleaser. So that people pleasing fear could be rooted in being a the fear of being a bad friend, a bad spouse, a bad employee, fear of letting others down, the fear of driving people away. So then they develop that people pleasing mentality and This, as we all know, can become such a negative because with people-pleasing, typically you're putting everybody else's needs above your own. And so with that high-functioning anxiety, you're almost making it so that you're putting what you want to get done to the back burner due to fears of making somebody else upset, or even dropping the persona of having it all together. You know, so, okay, what's one more thing that, that... to be added to my plate. How big of a deal would that really be? And so you just take it on. So the people pleaser trait is one of the flip side negative traits of high functioning anxiety. Then we've got talking a lot or nervous chatter. 
Nervous habits, so playing with your hair, cracking knuckles, biting your lip, you know, that anxiety has to come out somewhere and whether it's true generalized anxiety disorder or that high-functioning anxiety, at the end of the day, a lot of times anxiety is anxiety. High-functioning anxiety, people just manifest it differently. And so, you know, like we're talking about, sometimes there can be those nervous habits that ensue. Um, Overthinking, that's another one. Lost time, so arriving too early for appointments just because you want to be, as my mom calls it, Johnny on the spot and show up at the right place at the right time. High-functioning anxiety can elicit a need for reassurance, so asking feedback from other people multiple times, well, what do you think about this? Or how would you react if somebody said this to you? Or do you think that I said something wrong? You know, that need for reassurance, that validation, then there can also be sometimes the procrastination followed by long periods of crunch time work, avoiding eye contact with people, and just like with generalized anxiety disorder, thought rumination and a tendency to dwell on the negative can ensue with high-functioning anxiety. So the what-if thoughts and, you know, thinking about a past mistake and just not being able to let it go, that's where that perfectionistic side of high-functioning anxiety comes in, typically with perfectionism. People really have a hard time being self-compassionate. So if you made a mistake, if you find that you just can't let it go, this can definitely be a piece of high-functioning anxiety. We've mentioned the people-pleasing, but with that also comes the inability or extreme difficulty in saying no. So you always have an overloaded schedule or you're constantly just busy, 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 which once again flies under the radar in our busy is celebrated culture that we live in. The other piece is insomnia, and that could be difficulty falling asleep or waking up so early and just not being able to fall back asleep. You know, our sleep is so intimately tied to our mental health state and how stressed you are, all of that good stuff. And so insomnia can start to leak out and affect a person who has high-functioning anxiety. So then just like with generalized anxiety, there can be the racing mind. Sometimes you may have gotten the feedback if some of this is resonating with you that other people can say that you're difficult to read. So unemotional, stoic, cold. Part of that for me when I think about high-functioning anxiety is that if a person gives too much power to emotions, it can knock you off your plan for the day because we all know emotions can be messy. If you have an emotional breakdown, you start crying in the middle of your day, there's a good chance you're going to be fatigued and exhausted. You're not going to be able to go to that those three meetings, record the podcast, um, plan the vacation because you're going to be tired. So that stoic kind of unemotional stance can sometimes be the protective armor that someone with high functioning anxiety puts on. Um, 
Limited social life can be another indication of high-functioning anxiety, so turning down invitations. I could see this happening, especially if somebody is so burnt out or giving so much time to other people, places, and things in their life that by the time it comes to social life, they're just so tired. They don't even feel like going. There can be a real big inability to just enjoy the moment, so not being able to relax and be in the present or even just going to that true anxious thought of thinking or expecting the worst in any situation. So then we've got the feeling intimidated by the future. So really becoming overwhelmed with the future. And I will also share that sometimes this is where the the need to be busy can come in. If a person's always busy, always doing, 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 there's not a whole lot of time to reflect or think on your emotional state or what your plans are for the future because you're so busy in that present moment that you don't have time to be giving too much power to the future or too much power even to your emotional state. So feeling intimidated by the future, the tendency to compare yourself to others, that old nasty comparison trap. It can become really easy to try to start to measure who you are up with other people that you feel are doing better than you or more successful. And that also feeds that high achieving tendency that high functioning anxiety folks can sometimes have. If you're constantly comparing and I don't know, maybe the person you're comparing yourself to has 15 more years experience and you're thinking, oh my gosh, why can't that be me? Why don't I have this level of success yet? But the comparison is not even realistic. That's kind of a side note. But then it, it, you turn it inwards as the high-functioning anxiety person, and you think, okay, I'm going to schedule three more meetings and add X more activities onto my plate to try to catch up with somebody else who is already so much further in their career than I am. So you see it kind of creates this unrealistic expectation, expectation of self. All right, a couple other Negative traits are mental and physical fatigue can creep in. You can become almost loyal to a fault in relationships. And this can be cut can be because you are trying to be such a people pleaser and not not rock the boat that the loyalty is just so deeply there that once again you're not even meeting your own needs. Um Then last but not least, there can be a potential for alcohol or substance abuse as an unhealthy coping method to ensue. And that's because in some way, shape, or form, if somebody with high-functioning anxiety does not learn how to take the pressure off of themselves or be in the present moment and just enjoy there sometimes can reach for those external sources like alcohol or some kind of substance abuse just to relax and feel subdued and calm. So as you can see, it's very interesting. You can see how a high-functioning anxiety person would potentially fly under the radar, especially when it comes to those positive traits that are seen. Now, let's kind of bring this a little full circle, and we're going to talk a little bit about what you can do if you if this resonates with you. 
So I want you to take a step deeper. If what you're hearing right now is kind of ringing a bell in your own head and you're thinking, oh my gosh, is this me? I want you to examine where is this need for busyness, for this high achieving sense of self, this perfectionism, where is that coming from? Are you trying to prove your self-worth? Are you trying to prove that you are capable, that you can manage everything? And then who are you trying to prove that to? Where would that need to show your self-worth or prove your value, where would that be coming from? Did you get some kind of unhelpful messages as a child? Did a previous or current romantic partner try to insert self-doubt and undermine who you are as a human being, and now you've internalized those negative messages that they've given you? There is always a reason I'm a firm believer in this. I love a good root cause analysis of human behavior because at the end of the day, no matter what we do, there is a payoff. It may be a positive payoff or it may be a negative payoff. And if you are engaging in all of those seemingly positive traits of high-functioning anxiety, there's a huge positive payoff. You know, it's probably going to be at the expense of yourself and potentially your mental health because you're so busy that you just can't slow down and recharge. But on the flip side, you probably will garner a lot of attention from people. You probably will be very successful. But really examining what is purposeful purposeful to me in my life, what is worth it for me to give my time and energy to, Most people that have this sense of high-functioning anxiety have become very skilled at presenting this false persona to the world and never really showing their true feelings to anyone. So this would be the first step I would encourage you to take if you are recognizing that some of these traits are coming true to you. I want you to first identify your true feelings to yourself. If you go to a meeting for a potential, oh, it could be a new client or a potential club or activity that you have been wanting to engage in, check in with yourself. How do I feel? Did I really enjoy this? I want you to set aside any need for achievement in that moment, for driving your career forward, for staying busy. And I just want you to turn inwards and ask yourself, how do I feel in this moment? In fact, this is a good practice just for anyone to gain a deeper level of self-awareness. The next thing, if you identify as sometimes being a people pleaser, saying yes way too much, Make this your next practice. Take a moment. When you get that email that comes in that's asking you to be a part of another project, that is asking for you to take on a new client, ask yourself, is this going to be the straw that broke the camel's back? 
Is this going to help me be in the present moment? Is this sustainable for me to take on another activity? And I want you to reflect before you feel the need to press the send button, the text message response button, oh my gosh, the Instagram DM message response button, all the ways that people can get in a hold of a person today. I want you to just pause. Sit with the uncomfortability of not responding right away, especially if you're anything like me. I love a quick response. I like to just get the feedback and put it out there and shoot off my emails because I'm a quick mover. You know, I I do. I pack a lot in a day. But just like I'm asking you to do this, I also have to do this. You know, just when I get those requests coming in, hey, can you be a part of this? Can you do this, you know, public presentation? Um, I have to really pause. Sometimes I give myself 24 hours and I just reflect sustainably, sustainably. Is this something that is going to help me keep my life balanced or is this going to tip the scale? So I want you to sit with waiting before you respond. If you're face-to-face with somebody, I want you to get into the art of being able to respond by saying, can I have a couple hours to think this over? Can I go ahead and get back to you in three hours? I just want to think about this. Um, Because you don't have to always say yes to everything. We hear that all the time, but I just want to go ahead and say it one more time and empower you. Now, here's the other thing. If you are feeling at a place where you think that you want to explore this a little more deeply or get some further help, it's time to maybe seek a therapist. Look in your local community. I always give this resource, but www.psychologytoday.com. Type in your zip code, and you're going to see just so many different therapists pop up um, in your local area. I would even recommend going with somebody who specializes in anxiety because they're going to have a good grasp, a good handle on what high-functioning anxiety is and how to help you through it. So I hope that this has been enlightening. It is definitely a different side of anxiety. And I know that if you resonate, if this resonates with you, the high functioning anxiety piece of things, sometimes it's hard to fully step into it and own it because you are used to being so successful. But where does that drive for success come from? That's what I always am interested. No matter how successful a person is, I love watching documentaries on, you know, how people got to be where they are. Um, I really liked one. I think it was on Netflix with Kevin Hart. And then I also recently recently watched one with Steve Madden because I've noticed that most extremely successful people have this underlying drive that's tied to something else. It's either to prove that they're not a mess up, that they have overcome, that they can be successful. Sometimes it's a healthy level of defiance. Okay, somebody said I couldn't do this. I'm going to go back and show them. Sometimes it's just the mere fact that they don't want to end up like their parents did. But For high-functioning anxiety, there is often a root cause. So it's interesting to look inwards, explore, become self-aware, and feel free to, again, check out the article, verywellmind.com, What is High-Functioning Anxiety? 
to even research it a little bit more deeply. But hopefully this has been a great kind of precursor and tip of the old iceberg on the difference between generalized anxiety disorder and high-functioning anxiety and how high-functioning anxiety can manifest itself. So you guys take it easy and have a fantastic day. Thanks so much for tuning in to the three L's today. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe or consider giving a rating, especially on Apple podcasts so that more people can find the three L's and tune in as well. Also feel free to follow me on Instagram at Rachel and Dine counseling for daily motivation and to request certain topics you want to hear more about. Here's hoping that you live, learn and love to the fullest.